You're listening to Preaching Source, a ministry of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary's School of Preaching. I'm your host, Professor Barry McCarty. Our guest today on Preaching Source is Jamar Andrews. He is the lead pastor at Word Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Uh, He completed an MA in Islamic studies. Uh, Interesting field uh, here at Southwestern Seminary in 2014. And today we want to be talking to him uh, principally about pathos and passion in preaching, which I know has been uh, an area of his study and interest. Uh, But Jamar, welcome to Preaching Source. Thank you for having me. Uh, Those of us who know you well at Southwestern have described you as a a passionate preacher, an impassioned preacher with a gospel-focused approach. So the first question off is, uh, talk to us about the importance of passion in preaching, of pathos in preaching. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I think for for me, whenever I I come to the, the moment of preaching or even the preparation of preaching, when it comes to the Word of God, we are, we are handling, dealing with, um, apart from Jesus Christ himself, the greatest gift given to humanity, and that's his Word, to be able to know uh, him, be able to learn him. And so that in and of itself uh, brings about where there's passion, excitement, uh, when you read about his um, works, uh, encouragement, strength. And so yeah, I believe the source of that comes from, you know, first and foremost, um, understanding the text that you're handling and then allowing that, that to, to drive your excitement that you get to stand and proclaim the Word of God uh, in a bold way to see lives transform and uh, be changed. And so, you know, when I think about the importance of that, you know, being able to capture the importance of that moment, knowing that the, the passion that you bring, whether it's a it's a, a excitement or whether it's, you know, tears, you know, all those things um, will, will help to shape uh, how the folks hear the message um, and how they understand the message. And so I would say it's very important. Hmm. Um, let me ask you, do you, uh, you're, do you ever consciously look for the emotion that that might be inherent in a passage? I mean, is you know, are, uh, is this a joyful passage? Is it a sad passage? Is it a sober passage? Do you ever, are you ever conscious of of finding the pathos that is inherently in the passage. Absolutely, I, I, that's a. I believe that's the job of the the preacher is to know that this message that you know we, we preached. I remember Dr. Patterson saying, you know, we preach text, uh, Dr. Dr. You know, Allen, we preach text, not sermons, so to speak. And so the text itself is going to direct us, you know, if this is a, a passage that's exciting. You know, for example, the passage that I'll be uh, preaching here soon is uh, in Psalm 46. And so this, the the history of this passage, I had to go back into the Old Testament further in 2 Kings, 2 Chronicles, and Isaiah to be able to figure out, okay, what is going on at the time in which this is being shared. And so you you recognize that the Lord has just given, you know, uh, Israel a great victory that they didn't even have to fight. An angel did it for them, and they're excited about what God has done. And so, you know, when I preach that, I should make sure that I'm encouraging, I'm excited. We are, it, it, is, it is producing trust and passion in us to trust God. You know, I shouldn't be crying. I shouldn't, you know, there's a certain way in which you handle it because of that, you know, that information that we have. All right. Now, j- just as a preacher, I've, I've, penned a mental note in in my head right there. All right. So Jamar says, look for the emotion that's there in the passage. And I I don't have to invent it myself. 
Well, you uh, you studied here at Southwestern, and so you are well-schooled in text-driven preaching, and, and you know that uh, the way we go after expository preaching is that we're looking to reflect in the sermon the substance, the structure, and the spirit of the text. Uh, as a pastor, how do you capture those things in, in a passage of Scripture? Yeah, you know, I believe that um, there's a, a process. Uh, I think that's the best way to describe it. There's a process. Uh, just the other day, my, uh, my wife ordered a, um, a table for me to put together. And so uh, the manufacturer had already decided the design of the table. The manufacturer had already decided the content that would uh, make up the table. And they packaged that and they sent it to me for me to then follow the directives. And so my role is to first open up the box to then look at all the components first to make sure they're there, look at the pieces, and then to construct it based off of the instructions that they have given. And so I take that same approach to to the Word of God that God has put the package together. Uh, you know, believe in the verbal preliminary inspiration of Scripture. He put the package together. That package contains content, you know, whether it be certain words or certain phrases that he is, he is drawing, certain forms or figures of speech. And so then we, we tie those things together, uh, the way in which, you know, he has designed it for the structural uh, standpoint. And then the, the exciting part is after you preach it, you know, whenever I got that table, we got to sit down at it and have great meals uh, across now that table. And so it brings enjoyment and excitement. And so that's the back end of doing that work is the way I see that process, you know, unfolding. That may be the most useful metaphor for sermon construction that I've ever heard. I'm, that's another one I'm, I'm going to need to pin to my mind and, and remember there. Uh, Jamar is uh, in, in touching, I mean, the classical modes of persuasion, logos, pathos, ethos, they're uh, as far back as Aristotle you know, three centuries before Christ, he's saying that that a speech has to touch both the head and the heart. Is there a tension there between touching the head and the heart, or are those things uh, closer, more coordinated than we might think, or what? How how do you achieve some balance in that? I would say that you know there is a tension in the sense that I believe you want to be intentional about making sure that. Um, you you pull out the, um, the 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 teachings of Scripture. You know the Bible is intellectual. The Bible is, you know, it, it's made to be taught. It is informational, and so you you can't come to a preaching moment and I believe and not be true to the text, true to the preaching moment if it's not informational, if it's not intellectual. But it is also it is also emotional. Um, the Word of God is always designed to affect a response in people, and everybody will have one, whether it's to accept it, reject it, love it, be excited about it. And so I do believe that whenever we seek to you know marry these two together, it has to be an intentional process where you want to faithfully handle the text and, and apply the text. But then also, you know, in the distributing of that, I find is where you can can have some emotion, but I think also we have to trust the Holy Spirit also to produce that, you know, in a in a in a person as they hear the word of God preached. And so, you know, I would say it's important for the the preacher to be intentional uh, about having the process of saying, you know, have I faithfully handled the, the the text? Have I really, you know, mined down in there and brought out the things that God is showing us here? But also, you know, how does this shape me, you know, emotionally? How does this shape my life? Because we are emotional you know, uh, people. And uh, in, in even any given moment in the day, you might walk into your home and you get a kiss from your wife and, and your kids grab your, your, your ankle, they're excited about you. And the next minute you're having to tell them to get off of the, the, the table or, you know, they're, they're, we are emotional. So 
I find that the Word of God helps us even in life to to capture the truth of it, the truth of what it is, but also being make, making sure that we recognize it is emotion. Mm. Um, you know, some of the older uh, writers and homiletics talk about the affections, the affections that. Uh, the the passions that that part of human beings that that make us get up and and go in, in a direction um, had have you found certain things that that help you to ignite those affections for action in in your listeners in the sermon yeah you know I believe that a couple things uh, that the way I look at it is the the first piece for me is that I and I've said this before, but I believe you have uh, three tongues. You have one in your in your mouth, and you have the two that are in your shoes down there. And so we want to make sure that you know when we when we preach the word, when we read the word, when we hear the word, that we understand that all three of them should be shaped by. Uh, the Word of God by the by the passion that we have, and so you know, whenever I'm I'm preaching, I'm always thinking about that. You know, how is this going to impact life, meaning how a person lives, but then also how is this going to instruct speech, meaning you know, from their heart, from the, the Lord said it very clearly, what's down in the well comes up in the bucket, and so what's in a person's heart is what comes out of their mouth, and so the Word of God begins to shape, transform the heart, and so thus it even begins to you know change the way they they speak, and so the passion that we bring behind that. I'm trying to always make sure, you know, that that the passage itself, we bring it to light to see that it shapes how people live, also how they speak, which ultimately, you know, is what's what's in their heart. Uh, Phillips Brooks uh, famously said uh, that, that preaching is truth through uh, personality. And uh, actually, uh, uh, in my experience of knowing you, uh, those of you who don't know Jamar, uh, he, he is a, a very, uh, he's a handsome, gregarious, uh, uh, attractive, winsome. You said that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I know. That, I'm just, I'm just telling you. No, uh, African-American man, uh, and he's leading a, a really uh, racially and culturally diverse congregation there in Jonesboro, Arkansas. And, I, you know, Jamar, just to, in, in knowing you, uh, I think of truth through personality. Uh, you, you've been blessed uh, or have developed or just the Holy Spirit's decided to <laughs> just give you one of these attractive, winsome personalities. What, uh, if we think of preaching as through, through, truth through personality, have, uh, have you got any tips on what a preacher does to develop that personality that has a, a winsomeness with people. Right. You know, I I don't know about, you know, um, how I have developed so much as I, I'm, I always like to say, you know, Dr. McCarthy, that any good is God's, you know, mm. and I do believe that. I believe that any good is God's that. And I do believe that when he saves a person, uh, he, he, he aims to transform them, uh, like First Thessalonians 5.23, spirit, soul, and body. And so I believe that as a person is saved, as they're transformed, and as the Word of God begins to uh, work in their life, I think even their personality, without them having to be somebody they're not, I think even their personality begins to be sanctified, it begins to be refined, and I still have a long ways to go, by the way. I appreciate the the the, the He's the, humble the, the as well. But, you know, I still have a long way to go. You, you know, I just see that, you know, work of the Spirit of God is, you know, that He that he begins to cause you to be more like Christ. And one of the things that I notice every time I read the Gospels is that Christ had that type of personality. I mean, people desired, loved to be around him. You know, they 
They desired to be in his presence to hear what he had to say. And uh, he did a great job, phenomenal job of connecting with the heart of people right where they were, knowing their lifestyle, being with them. And so I think, you know, for me, if I'm going to give some encouragement, I think, number one, if, if, if we're looking at truth attached to personality, it's important that you have the truth. First and foremost, you know, Jesus Christ is the truth, the relationship with him. But I think secondly, having a great command of the truth, meaning you are staying in the word of God and the word of God is staying in you. And then also from there, a passion for people. And that's one of the things I see that Jesus Christ had. He spent time, you know, with people. And, you know, I believe he loved to, to laugh. I believe he loved to have a good time. And I think that will help, you know, cultivate a person uh, individually. And I believe that those trans, those changes will show up collectively as they preach and as they share with, with others. Uh, Jamar, this past summer, you preached at the Southern Baptist Convention out in Phoenix. Uh, t- tell us a little bit about what that experience was like. For you. Yeah, you know, it was a, a phenomenal uh, opportunity uh, to serve the Lord, to serve uh, the convention, to serve my brothers and sisters uh, in Christ. And, you know, memorable moment, I, you know, I, just being able to, you know, open up the Word of God in a, in a line of preachers, you know, very humbling, because I knew, you know, standing up there that there were so many brothers that could be standing there uh, proclaiming the Word of God that have been in ministry a lot longer than I have, that have, have endured a lot of things that I've never even had to endure. And so it was very humbling to stand before um, the, the convention and to, to share the Word and to encourage uh, but and it was also challenging. It was challenging to make sure that, you know, the Lord was still my focus, that he was still uh, the one whom I was seeking to please, that he was the one that, you know, uh, an audience of one. And at the same time, wanted to be an encouragement uh, to to my brothers and sisters. And also I learned a lot. I learned a lot about you know, preaching. I learned a lot about, you know, being in a different venue and room size and how the acoustics change and, you know, how to deal with nerves and, uh, and to trust the Lord. And so I, if I had to sum up, sum up my total experience in one word, I would just say, you know, it was very humbling and uh, continues to be um, humbling that the Lord would allow me. You know, I know me, you know, and I know that he saved a, a rascal and uh, he's continued to refine me. But to give me that opportunity was a now we've we've mentioned the fact that you are a a young pastor. What what are some of the best lessons that you've picked up now early in your ministry? <laughs> we we could be here all day, <laughs> um, but I think I'll just share a couple. Um, you know, a, a lot of the lessons that I learned in my time in seminary uh, have really stood the test of ministry. Um, making sure that you stay tethered to the Word of God, that you allow the Word of God to guide and to direct you. You know, I uh, was uh, reading a book on leadership um, by Warren Wearsby. It's called On Being a Leader for God. And uh, he has a section in there where he talks about the, the role of the leaders. His role is to make sure that he uh, takes care of his character. Now, we recognize that the Spirit of God is what gives us the strength to do that, but we also don't get a pass. You know, we also want to be, be proactive. And he says in that book that, hey, if you, if you take care of your character, God will take care of your reputation. And I just believe that, you know, the character who, who, who I am, you know, in private is, is always going to give fuel to who I am in public. And I think that, you know, guys sometimes don't think of that. They just think about the stage and about the lights and about who knows their name and those kind of things. But I just, you know, believe that an intimate, growing relationship with Christ and making sure that one is above reproach and that who you are, you know, when nobody's looking, when you're at home with your family, when you're in your car driving, when you're in your hotel room, I think those things are very important to, you know, spur on 
uh, who you are when you are, are in public. And so I would just say that's that I, I, there are many things I could share, you know, but I would just say those things. Stay in touch to the word, understanding the precious gift God has given us, but then also recognizing that, you know, it is, is our role to be growing, genuine, authentic in our relationship and let that character roll and that God take care of our reputation. All right, uh, a real nuts and bolts question. Uh, describe your sermon preparation process for it. Yeah, I, I would say I have a, a pretty um, consistent template that I that I use, uh, but sometimes the type of a text might might change a little bit of of that. But um, the majority of the time, it, it it starts with prayer. Uh, right now, I'm working through the Gospel of John, and so you know it's already laid out. the 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 form is already laid out, and so now you know what I'm seeking to do is, um, for example, so uh, preach just finished up in John four, right? So once I got the layout of the text, you know now I know the sections, the way in which the text lays out. Then now I can begin to mine out the the truths that are there. Um, you know, for example, it, it's helpful for me to use a specific example. So like, you know, this past um, uh, week, looking at the healing of the nobleman's son, right, in John 4 there, you know, once we lay it out, we see the movements, Jesus coming into town, we have some introductory, you know, um, notes about where he was coming from and when he was coming, that he was there, the dialogue with the father, and then we see the father go home and we see the movements. And so because this is a narrative, it's moving in scenes. So now I know the scenes. Now I'm able to pull out um, the, the 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 structure there, and then Jesus is always the hero of the the text here, right? So so now I'm seeing his movements, and so I'm I'm zeroing in on language. Is there any keys that he's showing me here? And so then after I've had some time to pull those things out, then uh, begin to look at you know commentaries and seeing how they are breaking things down, things that they're pulling, then kind of pull down out of that into the application. And then from that point, then I'm looking at transitions, you know, how we go from one thought to the next. You know, there's only so many things you can do once you you, you know, and so we want to be very specific with how we move from one uh, place to the next so transitions come. Uh, and then then I work on my introduction last. And so, you know, after I've had those pieces together, uh, work on my introduction last, and uh, always make sure that it's going to be pointing people to Christ. Jamar, who who are some of the preachers that you uh, listen to who who speak into your life yeah. and and help you with the the craft and the calling mm-hmm. of preaching? You know, I would say, and and I love uh, uh, Adrian Rogers. He's you know going to be with the Lord, um, but he's he. You know, I, I can hear him each morning. Love we're finding is still rolling, and it's amazing to me. It's just as as if he was here still today. You know that he just put that message together and uh, is is um, presenting. You know that 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 word of God, that message, and just the passion that he has, passion. Um, and so Adrian Rogers has been a, a, a very influential individual in my life. I also like to listen to, you know, Tony Evans. I think he does a great job of, of illustrating an application. He's helped me to grow in so many ways. And then guys that I used to listen to a lot, especially when I was here, you know, guys like uh, uh, David Allen, Dr. David Allen, you know, has been very helpful, you know, with me in terms of the craft of combining that intellectual and that emotional. He really, you know, has helped me grow there. And so those would be guys I would say that, you know, I really, if you had to ask me to boil it down, those would be the guys that I, you know, spend the majority of my time. It's fairly recent, just the last couple of years, but have you been to uh, Adrian Rogers Library here on campus? I have not. Second floor of the Roberts Library. We actually have Adrian's Library in a special room, including the three desks where he used to write. He'd write his Sunday morning sermon at one desk. 
his Sunday night sermon at another and his Wednesday night sermon at another desk. So he'd have his books laid out and notes laid out on three separate desks. So we've got those desks and his books. But you, since he's a hero of yours, you ought to stop by and, and visit that. And uh, those of you uh, pastors who are part of our Preaching Source audience today, uh, next time you're visiting campus, if you've not been to the Adrian Rogers Library, you ought to visit that and visit the School of Preaching's library, which is a, a wonderful resource. Well, Jamar, it's been good to have you with us today. And for those of you who've been listening, you, you've been listening to Jamar Andrews, who's the lead pastor of Word Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. He is one of the wonderful, promising young voices in the Southern Baptist Convention. And uh, if you want to be encouraged about the future of the church and the future of our Southern Baptist family, he's one of the guys you ought to watch. And hey, I'm in my mid-60s, and I'm a professor of preaching, and I've, I've got you know, three or four notes I've written here on my pad uh, from listening to him. So, uh, Jamar, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.